where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. It's a very special episode today because it's been 30 years since Cheers One for the Road first aired. But uh, with the 30th anniversary of Cheers finale, another show came to our screens later in 1993. It was one of the most popular spin-offs of all time. It was, of course, Frasier. So we're joined by We're Listening, a Frasier podcast, to talk about Frasier, its success, and the new series coming later this year. Hello, Will. Hello, Steve. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us here. Yes, feels like we're in a uh, a different sitcom, Will. Isn't it? <laughs> it does. Like we're going to cross oh, into an alternate <laughs> universe. Um, oh. When you, when like, Simpsons characters pop up in Family Guy or something, <laughs> but no. I'll be honest. When James told me about your guys' podcast, because we're, we're both British podcasts mm-hmm. on sitcoms that were what a couple of decades before, we were both sort of in our mid late twenties. When I heard this, I was like, "This is must be how DreamWorks felt when they saw Pixar were releasing a Bug's Life <laughs> when they were making Ants and were like, what? <laughs> it's eerily similar. It's so good to have you on the show because we will love your podcast. I will say. This is the first time in our podcast we've ever acknowledged Frasier as a sitcom. <laughs> that is, that, yeah, but you are a Cheers-focused podcast, and so we know we can't yeah. attack you for that. But we, we, well. had, we had a similar similar experience when we first launched our podcast, thinking, "Oh, this is so niche." And then I, I looked, and there were already four other Frasier podcasts, and I think there's probably been another four since we started. So, for you know, a show that's beloved, but admittedly, you know, perhaps not as as watched nowadays. That's a that's a lot of podcasts on one show. We play into it. Uh, like to be honest, we've we've we pretend we haven't seen Cheers at all. Well, I I haven't finished it. James has watched it, and every time we see Frasier, we go, ah, he'd be, he'd have a great spin off. I'm sure <laughs> I mean, there's something in there. We we play up to it. Nice running joke. I like that. <laughs> I tell you what, we'll be talking about Cheers and we're talking about Frasier. I suppose it, it's classed as probably one of the most successful spin-offs of all time. Where do you think that sort of success comes from in terms of Frasier and how it sort of reinvented the character and, and brought the character for many seasons to come once Cheers ended? I think, and not, not to pick holes in this, you've, you've said that you think Frasier's one of the most successful spin-offs. I actually believe it is the most successful spin-off. I think it won 37 Emmys, which I think was actually a record holder for quite a long time. Um, I do believe, is it, oh, I can't think of the actual sitcom now or, or the program now that's actually beaten it. There is something recent. That's I think more. Game of Thrones has won more Emmys, I think, but I think, um, I think that's the only show to beat yeah, it. Yeah. I, I think it's not a sitcom, obviously, but Game of Thrones, I think, now holds more Emmys than a, in a TV show mm. than Frasier. But I think Frasier was a record holder for a long time. As a spin-off, I mean... <sighs> I can't name too many other spin-offs that have actually been even successful, to be quite honest. Frasier really has just, it, it, it's unique. Um, obviously, Joey came after Friends, terrible spin-off. It never <laughs> worked. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire episode of it. The writers, the creators, you know, taking James Burroughs from Cheers and bringing him across to, to you know, pilot Frasier and stuff like that. They just had a, a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience, you know, 10 years making Cheers there was going to be something good come out of it. And, and obviously it's Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just kind of piggybacking on that. I mean, on, on Joey, my one, an anecdote I love to pedal out is I once saw the entirety of season one being given out for free in a box of cornflakes in Asda. Um, you know, like I used to get toys with, with, with cereal. It was, it was literally a disc 
of Joey, and people think I'm making that up, but I know what I saw. As a collector of sitcoms, I'd have bought those films. I wouldn't buy the DVD. <laughs> I think I should have bought them. Um, but yeah, just in, in terms of why I think the show is so successful, I think it's just got so much heart. I mean, everyone talks about how intelligently written it is, and it is incredibly intelligently written. And the writer, the writing team were, you know, the, the kind of references to classical music and literature that they make is just, you know, it's like five or six references an episode that you have to google to work out what they're talking about um but in terms of just the way the characters are crafted and the way they were acted it is just it has so much heart and so much warmth and so many people just talk about how comforting the show is and that it kind of feels like home in some way or at least certainly that's how i've always felt about it um and I think it's hard to, to to fake that. It's really hard to craft that kind of atmosphere, that kind of warmth, unless everyone on board is just completely invested. And I think you never, ever got the impression, maybe some slippage in the final seasons or the final couple of seasons, but you never really got the impression anyone was phoning it in um, on Frasier. Everyone was kind of really into the project and they were for you know 11 years basically. So I think really that's that's what does it for me. It's that heart and that warmth. I think that's very true, and I think one of the reasons it won a lot of Emmys was because of that dedication to performance. You know, and it's it's known that John Mahoney would pray before every uh, every performance because he he thought he was imbued with an acting ability that he thought God gave him. <laughs> wow, which was nice and up, you know, uplifting in some ways. <laughs> David Hyde Pierce as well uh, was quite a farcical actor uh, and I, from what I can tell was hired because of his farcical prowess but Niles as a character has sometimes been referred to as what Frasier would have been if Frasier had never gone to Boston and met the Cheers crowd what do you think are there similarities and differences between the two brothers in that respect to jump in and, and comment on that there's actually quite a few interviews with james burrows and i think in his book um i don't know if you've read the book uh james burrows's recent book about how he sort of got into directing and, and he talks about will and grace and his time on there his time on friends obviously cheers creating cheers and obviously in, in fraser and uh, god knows how many other sitcoms he's directed or or helped to produce and he actually touches upon that in cheers fraser had diane Diane was the Frasier character. When it came across to Frasier, they made Frasier into Diane, but then they needed someone more pretentious, and the only one more pretentious could be Niles. And that's how David Hyde Pierce became that. And I think when they were looking to cast a brother or another family member, they looked at a young picture of Kelsey and said, David Hyde Pierce looks a lot like a young Kelsey. This is going to work. The same jawline, the same sort of receding hair eventually it worked, and and David is a fantastic uh, theatrical actor. Before that, and obviously, that's how they went. We need him in there, which is strange because I think he's one of the only main cast that didn't appear in Cheers. Because Perry Gilpin obviously does a guest appearance. John Mahoney's a guest appearance in Cheers at some point. David Hyde Pierce, I don't believe, ever actually appears in Cheers. So those producers obviously knew exactly who to look for, and and along came Niles, obviously the magical brother that didn't exist in Cheers. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think what's so great as well, like you touched upon there, Steve, about their kind of their physical resemblance. Mm. There's this great Photoshop that people have done of their eyes in this in this still of them turning towards the door, and you it almost looks like there it, hasn't been an edit. It's, it's a full um, face swap, isn't it? Isn't it a full face? I think it, I think yeah. it might actually be. It looks like a, a Fraser deep fake. Um, it's so good, but it's but uh, it's, you still look like each other even when you've swapped their faces. <laughs> yeah, it's it's remarkable. Um, yeah, and I remember seeing a, a behind the scenes clip, and it might have been Kelsey, it might I think it might have been David Hyde Pierce talking, um, just saying when they first saw the script and they read the character of Niles, they were like, you know, he's he's just another Frasier. This will never work. You know, they're too similar. And as you've touched upon there, it was like, well, let's just have him similar, but just double down on all of the faults maybe that Frasier has. You know, David Hyde Pierce is a wonderful physical comic actor. I think Kelsey is is underrated in, in that respect. I think he's a really good physical actor as well, and people tend to, to talk about Niles a lot. And I just think, you know, the, the kind of concept of the breakout character is is so big in particularly in American popular culture, and I can't think of a breakout character that's made or had more kind of impact on a show than someone like Niles you know if he became attached to the to the, the you know the, the revival the continuation that's coming out I mean that would just be just a, a golden ticket for the for the producers you know that they, they, they love that and whether or not that's going to come to fruition we don't know um, but yeah I think the, fundamentally it shouldn't work the two of them but it works better than they could ever have imagined I think and you know everyone. Everyone tends to say Nas is their favorite character, and I love him. But I'm always beating the drum for Frasier. Frasier is is my favorite. I'm going to get that in here, just like I get it in nearly every episode of the podcast. <laughs> I tell you what, you've beat me to my next question. I was going to ask favorite <laughs> characters, but I suppose if we take the two brothers off the table and look at the supporting cast, who are your guys' favorites? Uh, Steve, can you start there? I think to carry across from Cheers, actually, one of my favorite characters that's come into uh, to into Frasier would have to be Lilith. I think Bibi Neweth, absolutely, you know, an outstanding actress anyway. And um, we've actually just reviewed on on We're Listening uh, Room Service, one of the episodes that she appears in. And she's only in about 11 episodes, but it feels like so many more episodes. She feels like she's a regular cast member, even when she's not, because her presence is so sort of huge. Do you know what I mean? She really is a scene stealer. So I'd have to say Lilith's one of my favourite characters uh, outside of the main cast. Yeah, I I think, to be honest, I'd, I'd be pushed to say to say Lilith as well. But if I was going to just pick someone else, kind of real secondary from, from the KACL gang, I love Gil, um, Edward Hibbert as Gil. He's fantastic. This kind of, this phony British accent, as Frasier accuses him of having. Um, there's just a, a real delightful campness to his comedy that's just just really, really refreshing and, and just blends so well, again, with Frasier and Niles, who are both very camp and effeminate characters, and they're, they're written to deliberately be that way. And there's just something that just really lands from this writing team with a character like that. And I think, again, he's in, he's in less episodes, probably. I mean, Steve, would you say he's in less than 11? I think he's around the same. Around the same. But again, he doesn't feel like he has the same presence as Lilith. Lilith certainly feels like she's been in at least double that number. But I think it's because other than, is it your, one of your favourites, your top tens with the, uh, what is it, the chesty? I can't the Impossible it. Dream. So, so that episode, I think, is the biggest Gill Central episode. There's, there's yeah. nothing that I think he's in more than that. So I think, yeah, I mean, like you say, his presence isn't the same as Lilith's in that way, even if she's only in it for a few minutes. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I would agree, actually, he's, as, as a non-regular cast member who seems to be regular, he feels like he's in a lot more. You're right there. Yeah, he definitely does. 
I think that's one of the things with sitcoms like this is some of those characters who are just in like even the odd couple of episodes, they carry such a presence and they become sort of iconic through the series and so quotable throughout as well. Mm. Yeah, and as someone like Gil, he's he's endlessly quotable. We think of like episodes like Ham Radio, a real fan favourite. He has some of the best lines and he just knocks them out of the park. I think how wonderful to have only been on 10, <laughs> 11 episodes of this amazing sitcom, but kind of live on in, in perhaps some of the most quoted mm. lines from the script. It's quite a legacy, isn't it? Just saying, hi ho, I'm Nigel's brother Cedric. And <laughs> I'm everyone's ice cream man. Yeah, do you know I know exactly where you're coming from. That's Gil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Iconic line, really. <laughs> Used to bump through the fence and speed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that is the defining monologue of the show, I think. <laughs> Similarly to these uh, recurring characters, there were a few Frasier episodes that featured guest appearances from cheers main cast members lilith was one of them uh, but there were also one-off appearances such as sam and and diane and woody but without having watched cheers all the way through without being as much of uh, avid watchers as cheers as frazier what were your thoughts on these episodes so i watched cheers a lot when i was younger and never paid attention to any of it's just an enjoyable sitcom i never looked at what the next episode will be or, or followed major storylines I've now done a proper watch through the first three seasons because I wanted to get back into it and watch it properly. And then I hate to say it, I got distracted. The third rock from the sun became free to watch. And I've now gone through six seasons of that. <laughs> and I'm now watching King of Queens and I haven't revisited Cheers properly. <laughs> so, yeah, I got distracted is my art. <laughs> I mean, I think I've watched maybe up to season six. I think Rebecca just has come into it. Um and yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of take it or leave it with some of the, the Cheers episodes, and I, I don't want to incite a civil war on this podcast because I, I, I really love the show and I, I love how much people love the show and I love this podcast. Um, but as someone who perhaps had never taken to, to Cheers in the way that I took to Frasier, the, the Cheers episodes, I think I've always enjoyed them as a kind of exercise in a little bit of you know fan service in the best possible way of kind mm. of just you know, pulling on those nostalgic heartstrings a little bit. And um, there's some, some really kind of heartwarming moments and some just funny moments and bizarre with Diane and the play, um, you know, just kind of her revising her own history in Fraser's <laughs> life. So I, I kind of, they serve a really nice purpose. And, you know, I'm coming to it as someone who kind of, you know, just didn't didn't watch Cheers growing up, and for a lot of people that watched Frasier when it aired, of course, they grew up and watched Cheers when it when it aired live. So I, I feel like those episodes are really for those people as well as like yourselves who just love the show in its own right. So yeah, maybe I don't appreciate them as much as I should. Is is my is my short answer? I think personally, I love the episode where where Sam shows up. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think Ted Danson is brilliant as an actor. Anyway, I think. That episode with Sam is fantastic to show. He's very womanizing. It brings his character back. I really enjoyed the Diane one. Um, I think the play, I think the way Kelsey then sort of, you know, brings up Franklin and how they're all named very, very similar names. And and Kelsey turns into Sylvester, doesn't he? The cat, you know, I'm Franklin. (laughs) He sort of puts on impressions that you you don't see him do. That, That, you know, bringing... Diane into that brought that out of Kelsey and I think you know even when he leaves the bar in that episode he goes sorry force a habit and he walks off the side of the stage and comes back into the the fake cheers the the later episodes I think the one with Woody's sort of further on and the one where all of the cheers cast sort of rejoin 
I actually think that one's really weak. I don't think they needed to have that in Frasier. I think that was just a way of saying, look, let's just give some old friends a bit of work. I don't think the episode is particularly funny. I mean, it's still enjoyable to watch, but Carla as, an, <laughs> Carla as a character, and don't kill me for this, I actually find really irritating in <laughs> Frasier. It's just something about her. I think she's a good actress, and I think she's got some funny lines. I just... I think if I went to that bar, if I went to Cheers and she was there, I think I'd actually just walk back out again. <laughs> well, I'd just, be interested to hear James and John's um, kind of take on on Carla and, and where you kind of rank the Cheers characters. In some ways, I feel like Carla is like led to the sort of Karen's phenomena of the new rest- <laughs> restaurant bars. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's have you have you heard about the Cheers St. Elsewhere crossover episodes? Oh, it's and St. Elsewhere's um, is vaguely. sort of a, I know about how St. Elsewhere ends and that being yeah, really yeah. weird and controversial. St. So Elsewhere's yeah. is like a, just a medical drama, no laughter track, but the doctors go and visit Cheers and Carla is abrasively rude to them with no laughter track. Oh. And it's like, it's a weird vibe. So I think if you watch... Sounds <laughs> uncanny. <laughs> Where are you from? St. Elijah's. St. Elijah's. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I suppose, do you want to answer on there anything about Carla and your perspective, James? I think Carla is meant to represent a lot of the, I guess, seedy, abrasive side of uh, what Boston and, and New York were like in the 70s and 80s, because Cheers was at least originally a sports bar and her and Sam, Sam being a, a baseball player, Carla being a big fan of the Red Sox, represent that edginess. And, you know, Diane coming in uh, as a uh, both a foil, but also a stark contrast to, you know, it is, a, it is an underground bar, really plays into the fact that, that, that these characters are not necessarily meant to be nice people. Um, and you look at It's Always Sunny Now, obviously, with, with, Danny DeVito, <laughs> yeah. which has taken that premise of, you know, a uh, a grimy bar to the extreme. Yeah, I, take that, I like that comparison. I think my thoughts on it as well is like, um, it's like any sitcom, you, you want to laugh, but you also want to uh, like feel emotional at times as well. And I think what Cheers does quite well is it presents you with quite grounded, realistic characters. And a lot of sitcoms, especially Friends, like it does have long form narratives, but characters sort of start and stop in the same sort of position in life through watching cheers as a whole and the way that we have like week to week like you guys are with frazier is you see those vulnerabilities of characters a lot more drawn out and i think carl is one of those characters where on the surface she's abrasive rude and sort of fairly angry at the world but when you sort of watch it drawn out you get to see the sort of why she's angry at the world she's got a, a fairly hard deal in life but i think what i find interesting about both of our sort of collective perspectives and me and james talked to a few people on other podcasts with like an american perspective and cheers and fraser always like late night viewing must see we have like a sunday morning before school like upbringing on these sitcoms and i think that's like a really unique perspective that only a, a british uk audience kind of get out of it yeah yeah, that, that's really true. I, I watched so much of Frasier just in school before I got the bus in the mm. morning, and that's why it was so much a part of my life when I was at school. And my my girlfriend now works with someone who used to get on my bus, and bearing in mind I haven't been on that school bus for best part of 12 years, and the first thing she asked her at this workplace was, oh, does, does your boy, does Will still watch Frasier? 
Um, <laughs> and so then Charlotte got to tell her, well, yeah, actually, he's got a podcast about it now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, some old habits die hard. <laughs> See, for me, I still watched Frasier uh, Channel 4 on a Friday night. So 9 o'clock was always Friends, and it was followed mm. by Frasier. And that was the reason I got into Frasier, because I got addicted to Friends. And, uh, yeah, the, the show that finished or, or started straight after Friends finished was Frasier. So I carried on watching. And I always used to say, I've said this to Will on the podcast before, I used to think Frasier was this hoity-toity show for, for adults. That's why I was on later at night, because – you know, kids and teenagers of, of my age when I was watching Friends weren't going to be watching this. And then I started thinking, this show is so intelligent. This is amazing. I actually probably learned more than that from, from Frasier than being at school. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> what the hell are these guys on about? And, and, and you always sort of watch Friends thinking, this is where I'm going to live. And then you look at Frasier <laughs> and that's where I want to live. Do you know what I mean? Friends is sort of a bit rough in it in New York, whereas Frasier in an elite lifestyle in, in Seattle. And you think, actually, yeah, that is the adult version of Friends. Do you know what I mean? It's it's when he's succeeded, when he's, well, unfortunately, my age now, rather than your ages, <laughs> as they are in Friends. They're sort of mid-20s, not not 40-plus. So It's it's definitely an interesting one because Frasier, Friends, and Seinfeld all aired uh, at the same time, mm. but they all had a very different attitude as to what that uh adult lifestyle was you know with seinfeld larry david and jerry never wanted seinfeld to progress that's why the four yeah. individuals are basically without trying to swear on your podcast assholes they don't yeah. ever want to progress <laughs> they don't want to have kids they want to get married they're all very very selfish people who literally just want to have the best of everything but not actually share it with anyone they just <laughs> do you know what i mean sex relationships food wherever they go they want everything for themselves and and that's why jerry says he never wants more than three friends <laughs> who's right. the feeling good oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. whereas with friends they want to progress they want to, they want to have careers rachel obviously starts at the start and and wants to progress and monica wants to progress with fraser he's already there but he still wants to be better mm. yeah very astute <laughs> The reboot of Frasier is uh, coming later this year to our screens, and it's been filming its first uh, few episodes over in, in L.A., uh, surprisingly with Nicholas Lindhurst, which we might talk about because he's a big uh, comic actor here in the, in the U.K. But what are your hopes for this new series of Frasier? Uh, you take this, Steve, because I think you know you're much more plugged in, to borrow Niles trying to sound like a child, um, up to the reboot than I am. <laughs> It, it's difficult for me to answer what my hopes are because, unfortunately, via um, me being in contact with thousands, uh, that sounds big-headed, but running Fraser Fan Club on, on Facebook, ah. I have 22,000 uh, constant fans, and um, not me, <laughs> fans of me. <laughs> I'd love to have 22,000 fans, but... Um, and obviously, I've got my, my meme page, which is from the desk of Maris Crane. That's a shameless plug. But it means I've had contact with quite a few people that have been. Um, a couple of celebrities, which I won't name because I don't want to be like Fraser and name drop, but a couple of celebrities that have actually been in the audience and have followed my page and have contacted me and said, oh, you'd love it, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and quite a few other people that are a sort of fan page, actually a BB Newith fan page got in contact and they went last night. And um, I said, did you see Did you see Perry Gilpin? Because the big news is Perry Gilpin has decided to reprise her role as, as Roz and appear. And she said, no, we're absolutely guys. She's not in episode nine, unfortunately. She comes into episode 10. So spoiler alert, I'm afraid. But she, I presume the producers have managed to get Roz back for the finale because it's only a 10-episode reboot at the moment. 
Um, so I think that might be the hook that if they get enough people, that might bring another season on. That's my theory on that. But I, I do have high hopes for it. I think Nicholas Lindhurst is a brilliant addition. It's a bit like when they sort of brought John Cleese into, I, I know he went into Cheers, didn't he, at one point. He was in third rock for an episode. Bringing a British person in sometimes just, and it, it gives it something else. It makes it different. And we're not using someone like Clive or Annie in Frasier with an appallingly bad English accent. We're using a legit Englishman to to bring in a different sense of comedy. And I think British comedy is very different from American comedy. So I think there's going to be a good playoff between Kelsey and Nicholas Lindhurst. Mm. But yeah, definitely high hopes. From what I've heard, it is fantastic. The sets are brilliant. The acting's brilliant. A lot of people have said the writing and the direction of it's absolutely fantastic. It, you know, it's on par with what we've had in the past. I've got a, a slightly weirder answer, I think. In that, <laughs> Fra- 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 Fraser is obviously such a huge part of my life, and you know, given the last couple of years and the years to come, you know, kind of defines a lot of the free time I have. Um, I'm kind of indifferent about the continuation. I, I'm not like desperate for it to come out. I certainly won't kind of be watching it immediately because I just don't think I'll have the time and can't just imagine you know setting loads of time aside to watch it i don't know that sounds really blasphemous and strange considering how obsessed i am with the show but i guess i'm i'm just always one of these people who thinks if it's if it's not broke you know don't fix it and they brought it back with the good intentions and it will please loads of people and it could be amazing um there's there's no reason why it won't be amazing but i guess i'm just always wary about messing with things that were so perfect the first time around um and i think part of me is is just worried i'll I'll get hurt. I don't know. <laughs> well, I can explain it in the fact that Will and Grace, as you all know, was successful in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. It did have a reboot. For me personally, the reboot of Will and Grace is, I won't be really blunt, but terrible. Um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. Um, however, it didn't spoil the original six seasons. I, I can still go back and watch, or is it eight seasons? I can still go back and watch Will and Grace and enjoy it as it is without knowing, you know, the rest of this is going to appear in 10 years' time or whatever. Mm. Um, that 70s show is a massive um, thing for me. I absolutely loved it when I was younger. I rewatched it again recently, and they then brought back that 90s show, which only came out a couple of months ago. Yeah. To start with, I was like, hold on, no Ashton Kutcher, no Mila Kunis, no Topher Grace. There's a lot of different people that weren't going to be in it to start with. How are they going to work this in? Then suddenly the guest stars start coming back. Those three are all in it. You know, Red Foreman's the same actor. Kitty Foreman's the same actress. Suddenly it got more exciting. And they released 10 episodes on Netflix and it took me half a day to watch the whole lot. Literally just came home from work and went bang straight through it and went, this is actually really enjoyable. Loved it. Do you know what I mean? So, and I was the same as you, Will. I was like, oh, that 90s show, this sounds like it's not going to be good. You know, new kids and they're all going to have technology. They never had that in the 70s. How is this going to work? It was still enjoyable. It wasn't the same. And I probably won't rewatch it like I do that 70s show, but it was enjoyable. Here, here. You could say they were new kids on the block. Funny <laughs> <laughs> enough, they never made that joke. And you think in the nineties, they really should be making that joke. No, we were big fans of that when it came out as well, and watched it equally as quick. It was it was a refreshing take oh. on it, and it didn't feel it felt quite natural how they did it as well, which was quite good. Yeah, I, I think they they kept it quite simple and just brought it up. And I, I think the way I learned that it works is that if you watch a Netflix series, literally every minute of it, and you watch all 10 episodes, that counts as a rating for Netflix. So therefore it can go forwards and hope to to make another one. And I think they've already got another season of that now coming out or, or being produced. Whereas, and, and that will probably happen for this Frasier. Do you know what I mean? If people only watch the first three episodes and then stop, there goes your chance of another episode. 
Do you know what I mean? Whereas if people get addicted and they keep pushing through, which I think is why they've put that Ros episode at the end, because I think they're going to try and get people to desperately watch this. And I think they will, because, you know, with BB Newith being in it, um, you know, I, I've not heard of anyone else. I haven't heard that David Hyde Pierce has made a guest appearance. I think Paramount Plus would have really pushed that if if it have come if he'd have come round. I think that would be a massive, massive bit of news breaking, and it's not come out. So, well, well let's hope the return goes well because they need to reclaim that Emmy uh, awards. They top do. Tier. They do. They take it from Game of Thrones. It's not right, is it? It's just not right. When that when that, that news broke, I was so annoyed. So yeah, let's hope they get it back. The, the even more exciting part of that is if Kelsey can get an if they don't, I know they're going to call it Frasier, but if they didn't and they made it a new show and Kelsey got an Emmy, he'd have the record. I think he's already got the record for having, is it four Emmys playing in four different, uh, he plays uh, Frasier in Cheers, in Wings and in Frasier. So I think he's the only actor to ever have three Emmys playing the same character in three different TV shows. Nice. Just really so consolidate it with a four. Yeah. So if he can get a fourth, which, you know, I don't know if they still do it like that, but if he could get a fourth, then that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah. I tell you what, talk of the return. <laughs> they've, they've confirmed that the return is going to take place in Boston. We talked about how far you both have got with Cheers. Does it motivate you both at all to try and binge Cheers between now and the release of the new Frasier series in case there's a little nod to, to Cheers being in it? Easy I'm, answer, 100%. Yes, I'm, exa- I'm exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I think I've always needed an excuse to revisit it. Um, you know, I've not kind of put it off deliberately. Um, you know, I would like to, to watch it in its entirety at some point. But yeah, there's there's no reason for me to not to not revisit it. And the, all the things I mentioned, loving about Frasier, like heart and warmth. You know, Cheers has those in spades. In in some in some ways more so because the setting is just so kind of you know blue collar and down to earth. Whereas Frasier's world is absolutely not. You know, Cheers does does have those same things I love about Frasier. I just I feel them more for some reason personally with Frasier. But I would love to revisit Cheers and and maybe now that I'm a little bit older but not necessarily wiser, hopefully and enjoy the show and its nuances a bit more than I did first time around. Yeah. I think to touch upon what you've just said there in a, in a weird way, it will is one thing I actually really enjoy about the first season of Cheers is I would count almost the first season of Cheers as a bottle season because they very rarely leave that bar. And to me, as Will knows, bottle episodes are one of my favourite things. I love something just being all set in one place. And I think that's one thing I do really, really enjoy about Cheers is they nailed Literally, how how can you get so much story happening in one single scene? Almost, they they don't leave the bar very often. I know it progresses later on when you see Diane's um, her apartment, and I think you see other rooms and stuff like that. And I think Fraser has an apartment later on, doesn't he, etc. But those those first you know episodes, I think it is fantastic that they literally contain it in the bar and everything happens there, and you feel like you're there. You know, you're watching it happen in the bar. And also, there's 81 episodes with BB Newith in it. That's a big draw. Yeah, that is worth the price of admission alone, I think. If you can name them all, I'll go and watch just those 81. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on top of that as well, because of the way I've been watching it, we've got to season nine. They announced a revival of Frasier, and now I've started watching Frasier, so I'm fully mementoed their relationship because I'm watching it in all the wrong order, which has been been fun to watch. Yeah, I can I can imagine that's quite an interesting exercise. Um, but yeah, that that sounds fun, unorthodox. But fun. <laughs> One minute they've got a newborn baby, the next they're like divorced and it's all over. It's a confusing time for me watching. But 
Having said that, it's been great having you on the show and uh, we've loved having you. We're looking forward to seeing where you go with the rest of the podcast. You've made it into season five already. We do encourage our listeners to go and check it out. We'll give the floor to you if you want to promote anything else. I know you've got your, your group, Steve, so we'll give you a little bit of time to, to promote yourselves. Yeah, Steve, go for it. I mean, if people are interested in Frasier and obviously Cheers, we we do allow, I mean, I, I, so I didn't set up Frasier Fan Club, a guy called Austin Cooper did when he was about 14, believe it or not, and he's only in his mid-20s now. He's a lovely young lad, uh, lives in America, uh, massive fan, and just set up a Frasier Fan Club. And Frasier Fan Club's now 22,000 members strong. Um, I will point out, we do not discuss religion or politics. You will get thrown out again because we just don't need it. Um, it is literally Fraser Central. Um, everything from memes about it, people chucking up quotes every five minutes. I think we have like 50, 60 posts a day. I can literally spend my whole life on that page if I wanted to. Um, we get so many requests from people to join. And obviously it's getting bigger now because people are getting excited about the reboot. Um, but I will say we, we also discussed Cheers in there because obviously Fraser didn't exist without Cheers. Um, you know, as a show, it, it owes a lot to James Burroughs and, and the Charles Brothers for creating Fraser in the first place. And people don't realise that without that, the sitcom that we love, like as in me and Will love the most, wouldn't exist at all. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't go anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, Fraser Fan Club's growing. Um, and, yeah, obviously a lot of people will know my meme page, which is from the desk of Maris Crane, uh, both on Instagram and Facebook. It started as a joke. I, I used to just make the odd Fraser meme. And if I went, oh, you should get a page. And and then I did, and it's just snowballed. I've got something like 4,000 followers on Facebook and, and a ridiculous amount of followers on, on Instagram constantly just firing messages to me daily about Frasier about cheers about you know which actors doing what so it's, it's great fun so yeah thanks for allowing me to use your podcast to to celebrate that and obviously uh promote and obviously I, I do try and share your podcast as much as I can on, on my social media because I do listen um I haven't got that far through it because I'm obviously not that far through cheers um so when I do listen to an episode it's to catch up on an episode I've watched recently and I, I always try and promote it when I can so because I, I do love what you guys are doing I do really enjoy listening so um yeah I echo all of that I don't I don't really have anything to plug actually just um yeah so so lovely to for you guys to reach out and have us on and it's been lovely to have this kind of yeah crossover episode um and yeah anyone who's who's a fan of cheers who's listening and wants to find some Frasier know listening material there's a as i said at the beginning there is a wealth of fraser podcasts out there so go and try your luck with a few of them and and see which ones stick um but yeah there's a lot of great people out there making content on a a show that's you know 30 years old um still going (laughs) still going strong so um yeah uh thank you so much for having us on guys it's it's been brilliant yeah really appreciate it thanks for thanks for having us both and uh you know i've really enjoyed it it's been a great evening and what we like to do uh, is just ask our guests before they go, if you were at Cheers right now, what would you be ordering uh, on, the, on the final call at the bar? Oh, I would have a double Jameson's whiskey neat. That's what I would have. That's a hell of an order, Will. I think I'd actually join you. Um, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> we could we could clink them together. <laughs> I was hoping you'd uh, you'd ask for, is it Norm that says, can I have a beer in, in one episode? And they say, Normally it's only nine o'clock and he goes, all right, throw a cornflake in it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought Will was going to answer with his white wine with spritzer, but obviously he's gone for the whiskey. <laughs> That's a great question to ask guests, though. I love that.
So yeah, we'll, we'll join you in a round of them as well. And we'll, we'll put a toast down to, as you mentioned, the, the man who kicked it off, Fraser Crane, Kelsey Grammer. This episode is dedicated to him. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, Cheers Podcast. And thank you for joining us, Weirly Listening.